Step Into the Realm of the Paranormal Until the Last Drop, a show that blends paranormal stories and events with a themed drink. This time on Till the Last Drop, we're going over the darker-than-normal subjects. We're talking about shadow people, as well as potential sleep paralysis, and maybe even the black-eyed children. On top of that, we also have a nice dark alcohol. This time we found a blackberry brandy. Uh, it seemed pretty dark for this occasion, although it's not very uncommon. You can find this at almost any store that I've seen so far. The theme of the blackberries might have a little bit of a darker tone to it. Stay thirsty for the unusual with Till the Last Drop. Now, sources say that a shadow person could also be known as a shadow figure, shadow being, or a black mass is the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure, particularly as interpreted by believers in the paranormal or supernatural as the presence of a spirit or other entity. A number of religious legends and belief systems describe shadowy spiritual beings or supernatural entities, such as shades of the underworld and various shadowy creatures, has long been a staple of folklore and ghost stories. This could be where some of the black-eyed children come from, or if you're sitting up in bed at night and you see a shadow standing at your doorway, it could be a shadow person. Now, there are some other reasons to what they could be, and some other theories that a shadow person may not be just within our normal realm, but perhaps even a multi-dimensional figure as well. Yeah, you know, a lot of people who have experienced them claim that they felt very menacing, um, but, you know, between the believers and, and paranormal authors, they don't really seem to have come to agreement as to whether the shadow people are evil, helpful, or neutral. And a lot of people even speculate that they may be extra-dimensional inhabitants of another universe. I remember hearing about that on something years ago. I'm not 100% sure exactly where they drew their conclusion on, unfortunately. But there was that talk of it being a... Uh, potential like interdimensional traveler or somebody who's at a different dimension who just kind of bleeds over into our own. You know, I remember an episode of, it was like, are you afraid of the dark or goosebumps or something back when you know, we were younger and the kids, the main kids kept seeing these characters. They were humanoids, but they were dressed all in black, I think. Yeah. And so, like, head to toe, just completely black. And um, they would see them all around the world as they were just going about their day-to-day their -day routine. Like, they saw them playing basketball and things like that. And they weren't sure what was going on. And eventually, the these creatures, these beings, started noticing the kids, too. And it was obviously a very scary situation. And I believe it ended up that the kids in our universe we're starting to somehow bleed over into seeing beings in another, I guess, not necessarily universe, but another dimensional plane. Mm. And so there was some weird crossover. It was a very interesting episode, especially for a kid's horror show. Yeah, that was interesting. Like back then, I know they did a lot more, I guess, I, I suppose the kid's horror was a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of good things around now. and it's. I think it was a little edgier not yeah. that it was necessarily edgy but yeah i mean in comparison we see like the original tv adaptation of goosebumps and like <laughs> as as much fun as i'm sure it seemed like when they were filming the movie with jack black i don't think it was the greatest adaptation of any of the media but whatever yeah let's just ignore that whole <laughs> section of a movie there i think they took a lot of liberties yeah but, yeah, I remember the ghost shows when we were younger were, were quite interesting, and they had some interesting topics on them. Yeah, I mean, they didn't go directly into the same kind of content they were covering here. I mean, they didn't really go into the, the alien side of things or uh, the advanced ghosts and even some of the things such as cryptids. I mean, they didn't even have some of them in, back in the day. I know, like, the uh, Nightcrawler, that didn't show up until, say, what was it, 2004, 2008? Something like that. So that's relatively recent, and even then, it may not have gotten the same kind of widespread attention as it would have nowadays. I mean, well, the internet yeah, wasn't... I was going to say, given the internet being yeah. more readily available and people having 
access to a camera, you know, right in their hands. I think yeah, that that's definitely helped to uh, bring about more, more unknown or supernatural things into focus. Yeah, um, I mean, this also brings up the the whole idea that a lot of it could be faked. I mean, like everybody has a camera in their hands all the time. It seems uh, that also means that it's not too difficult to doctor photos or anything like that. Even video footage can be done, even though it takes oh, a little absolutely. bit more time. I think it's also people are are far more knowledgeable in how to go about reproducing things like this. You, you know, some of the more advanced techniques may have been something that only people in the business in Hollywood and, and in movies and video production would really be aware of. But I think now that we have all of these devices so readily available and the different software that yeah you know people can use to manipulate that kind of a footage it's it's far easier to fake something like that these days yeah i mean everybody knows about photoshop for the most part oh yeah um on top of that there was something else uh like art breeder i think that was something that i saw recently yeah i saw that that was um, interesting it's apparently just taking these completely random photos and generating like something that's completely new and some of it can be relatively realistic but then again there's also like computer algorithms that are like coming up with these fake people these portraits of people that oh are, yeah the the uh ai like person producer yeah. or whatever yeah and that's uh that's another thing it's like you could have and it works great i mean if you're into character design if you're into for something that's looking for something like that for uh, a video game or whatever that you need a character idea or whatever. I mean, it great. It's great, but mm -hmm. um, in the sense of things, it kind of gets a little surreal in some sense. That uh, I've actually heard instances where um, people auto-generated an image through that AI creator and used that as an image of themselves. Oh yeah, like a profile picture or something. Yeah, and they pass it off like, oh yeah, this is me. And a lot of them, you you can't tell. It's it's weird. Yeah, you get enough of them, and you, I mean, you basically just form an entirely different identity <laughs> so although uh that's getting away from shadow creatures i mean yeah. that's more like an online shadow creature where you're you're I pretending mean, to be an entity that you're not i think that's also catfishing well yeah i mean catfish live in murky they depths. live in they the look shadows. Like shadows exactly so uh it goes anyway, back around see just one more reason to put noodles in this uh show <laughs> noodling <laughs> noodling yeah Oh, uh, it's you, there's two things you can noodle with. It's a saxophone and a catfish. I'm glad that's where your brain went for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dead will rise so they can hear more content from Till the Last Drop. Of course, shadow people may or may not be religiously based or... Uh, different dimensional creature or being that is just in between the planes or whatever like that there is potential scientific explanation for it as well some of it is that it could be linked to sleep paralysis mm -hmm. somebody may perceive a shadowy or indistinct shape approaching them while they lie awake paralyzed and become increasingly alarmed rightfully um, so <laughs> well yeah if you can't really recognize what's coming right at you and you can't move and you're just kind of there <laughs> i mean I don't care whether I recognize it or not. If I can't move and something's coming at me, I'm going to be alarmed. Yeah. Now, oddly enough, this is actually something that happened to me not too long ago. And it has nothing to do with any kind of like shadow figures. But I was in like a complete aware state of my surroundings while I was asleep. Either that or I was in a super relaxed state and I was still awake. But I was still experiencing the uh, effect of being rested Really? Yeah. So it was almost as if like I was laying there with my eyes open, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I actually had my eyes open or not. Hmm. And it wasn't so much an out of body experience as it was that I could sense my surroundings. It was almost as if like I knew where everything was around me and what was happening, although I didn't need to move. But you couldn't necessarily interact with it. Well, it wasn't that. It was just <laughs> I was viewing it. You were viewing it. Yeah, oh. I was viewing it. Um, I, I, at the time, I made no effort to move because I <laughs> had no, I had no need to move. Right. Um, I was in this resting state, and yet it felt as though I was just around, like experiencing the surroundings that I needed to. Huh. So this was at home. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's that is. It could be a form of sleep paralysis, but it isn't this like 
high anxiety like right it was a very chill sleep paralysis. yeah so and i'm sure somebody might have an explanation <laughs> about that and it'd be great to hear about it from anybody yeah um, have you have you ever experienced that before um it's possible but i can't recall you off the top of my head yeah this yeah. was this was the one time that i actually do remember that this has happened so because um, I kind of make note of it and all that, too. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, another reason a person back to shadow creatures, of course, a mm. person experiencing heightened emotions, such as while walking alone on a dark night, may incorrectly perceive a patch of shadow as an attacker. Now, I can 100 percent relate to this <laughs> because I have a very active imagination and I don't know how many times I've been out alone at night walking and it doesn't matter, like you hear the slightest noise and you're just already on alert. And so, you know, you see the tra shadow of a, of a tree that's like billowing in the wind and it's just you see shadow movement and it's like, oh, something's going to get me. Now, those are actually um, those are ants and they are trying to get you. <laughs> hey, I thought the ants were peaceful. Uh, oh, is it the ant or the Trent? I don't remember. Treant? Treant, Yeah. Sorry, I'm not trying to make a Nine Inch Nails reference here. <laughs> Trent Reznor's hiding behind that tree. He's gonna, he's gonna get you. Darn. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few people who wouldn't mind that. Yeah, so. you included, and me. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice to, <laughs> nice to know all the synth setups and all that. Uh -huh. Like, ah, you captured me. Oh don't, no. Don't take me to your synth <laughs> castle. Oh my god. Ah. <laughs> Darn. Um. So, yeah, anyway, like going back to what you were saying, like the, the feeling of something and like it. Oh, it doesn't it feel like you're being watched or something as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've had that before. Actually, there was a time when um, when I lived in Kentucky, we lived outside of town and the neighborhood, if you could call it that, that we lived in <laughs> was like literally it was one street with houses on one side. Mm. And across from us was just a big field that had really, really tall weeds in it. Oh, yeah. It was like that one that me and a friend went through a while back. Right. Like, it, like the, I'm not super tall, but the weeds would have gone over my head. Um, I mean, that's not very tall at all. Hey, now. <laughs> Standard weed size. <laughs> I'm not that short. <laughs> um, but I remember I used to... I stepped outside to have a cigarette at night and it was late and I was standing on the front stoop and I looked out across the uh the street and I saw like in front of the house next door to us in at the edge of the the weeds there was this massive dark shadow that went up over the top of the weeds oh yeah I remember you mentioning this before yeah and I couldn't there wasn't any necessarily distinct shape. It looked like something huge that was like kind of crouched down to hide how big it was. Like that's, again, it was all shadow, but that's just the impression that it gave off. Kind of like a no face. Yeah, sort of, I guess. <laughs> um, but wider. Uh, like when he's consumed the entire. So he's a fat face. Yes. Oh, um, nice. No, he was a, <laughs> he was a thick face. Ah, oh, nice. Yes. Um, so I see this thing and it's not moving, but I immediately like all of my senses were where I was like on edge. I kind of I didn't take my eyes off of it, but I also didn't like I kept creeping back towards the door. And as soon as I could, I got back in the house and I didn't go back out that night. Mm -hmm. Next day, I was outside during the day and I was curious. And so I walked up the road, you know a few feet up to where this this thing had been and I could remember distinctly again how approximately where it was because I noted where it was at in front of the neighbor's house yeah and so as I'm walking you can see that weeds are completely untouched you know at the edge nothing ever went in there and then I get to the spot where the, I had seen this shadow and all of the weeds are all pushed down <laughs> in this huge area like something had been sitting there that mm. weighed a lot. Mm. Obviously, no uh, elephants or rhinoceroses <laughs> were in that area. Right. So. It was. It was really creepy. No. 
Well, unfortunately, there's no follow-up to that. I mean, you probably <laughs> didn't see it again, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. No, I, I did not. I, I think I started going into the garage if I had to go out at night. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it was very, I know that, that the feeling that I had when I saw it stuck with me for a while. It was just very, very unsettled. Yeah. And then again, seeing, because I figured there, I would see nothing when I walked up there, you know, I would confirm that I, I had seen just a shadow cast by something, you know, it would, it would help me feel better. And when I walked up there and all of the grass was clearly pushed down in just that spot. Yeah. All of the weeds were clearly pushed down in just that spot. That didn't help. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not very reassuring that it was just a trick of the light or something. Right. So. Like clearly something had been there. Yeah. And whatever that something was, it had been bigger than a human being, at least from what I have experienced. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, one more section of this scientific explanation that might have a little bit of weight. Um, I mean, granted, like before, it's like sleep paralysis. This one's more on the lines of uh, sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. um, basically, like meth many methamphetamine addicts report the appearance of shadow people after prolonged periods of sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one interviewed subject said that you don't see shadow dogs or shadow birds or shadow cars. You see shadow people standing in doorways, walking behind you, coming at you on the sidewalk. These hallucinations have been directly compared to the paranormal entities described in folklore. Now, I get that like sleep deprivation is pretty bad over time. Oh, and yeah. you can clearly tell that there's... I mean, you begin to see things, you begin to like... I mean, if not like flashing lights out of a peripheral of your vision, you see shadows. I mean, your vision can even tunnel in. Mm -hmm. um, now, combined with the effects of methamphetamine, I would have no idea. And I'm not sure exactly if... I would imagine if it's if it's like, you know, any other stimulant drug, from what you hear, it can put you on edge. It can make you very paranoid. I mean, yeah. I think probably any illicit drug consumption could make you paranoid. Well, in some sense, you're already going to be a little paranoid because it's technically not... It's illegal. Yeah. And you don't want to get caught. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, I could I could absolutely see if you're sleep deprived and your mental facilities are compromised due to drug use. Um, I could see that not being a very helpful combination <laughs> yeah. for keeping sanity. Yeah, it's either that or you're uh, exploring a, a, a ancient manner and you're only using uh, some matches and the occasional candle to get through. And <laughs> every time you see a monster, your sanity drops down a little bit further. <laughs> at least that's how every video game portrays it yeah i right? i don't i i remember i think i remember it i don't remember the name of it i can't really quite remember i i must have some amnesia about the <laughs> whole thing <laughs> this is your dark descent oh uh, yes of course <laughs> um you know uh, another on the hallucinations there's also a couple um disorders such as uh schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and uh, things like that where you might suffer from visual hallucinations that could also cause the appearance of shadow people um, often in your periphery and things like that too so it has yeah. been associated with that also yeah the night is dark the spirits are restless they demand to be poured until the last drop there are some other examples of shadow people. This one's a little bit more obscure than what we've been talking about recently. This one may be linked to August 6th of 1945. Yeah, this one may have something to do with Hiroshima. Oh. Yeah. Um, there are actually shadows that were burned in to the Sumitomo Bank when the uh, atomic bomb was detonated over. Um, there are images of people that are still holding walking sticks. Yeah, um, wasn't it like the the light and the radiation from the actual explosion? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, it was a little boy, I believe, that was causing mm -hmm. all of that. Uh, surface of the bomb burned 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and anything within six thousand or 1,600 feet of the blast zone was incinerated in an instant. Anything within a mile radius of the impact site was reduced to rubble. Um, there are images of people sitting on steps that were burned in. There's uh, machinery that's left a permanent shadow. 
Um, there's, I believe there was even an image of uh, some kids playing uh, uh, jump rope as well that just kind of yeah. got burned in. Now, yeah. granted, these aren't exactly the same kind of shadow people, but it would be hmm. interesting to think about that, like, somehow maybe that shadow had something to do with it. It's a bit it's of a stretch. It's heartbreaking, though. No. Like, all of it. But I'm... It would be very eerie and also sad to see in person. Yeah. It's like a, a snapshot in time. Of, of this uh, horrific, horrible yeah. event. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> moving on to something a little bit other than the somber topic of mass death and destruction. Yeah. Um, but, hey, I mean, uh, atomic research was put to good use. I mean, hey, why not? Let's crack the atom and then blow people up with it, right? I mean, okay, so there is a lot of other uses. <laughs> I mean, I used to work at a nuclear facility, so. Yeah. It's not all bombs and destruction. Um, yeah. Nuclear power is actually a very uh, clean energy source. Yeah. Um, but the push to develop it further was based off of war efforts. I think the one of the bad things about humans <laughs> is that it doesn't matter what technology we have, what we develop. We have to try and find a way to use it for destructive purposes. I, I saw a meme or something not long ago, and it was like, um, imagine what it's like for the aliens who are watching us and and they see us get a new you know bit of technology and they're waiting. They're so hopeful because they think we're going to finally push past and get to the point where we can move beyond where we are now. <laughs> and as soon as we develop it, like they're all excited and then we immediately use it to kill. Yeah. A bunch of other humans, and they're like, oh, well. It's like uh, Reality Earth, <laughs> tuning in and watching that. Mm -hmm. yep. Show us what you've got. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to something that may have shadows in their eyes. This is Till the Last Drop, and you're listening to this next section on our tab. Now, when I make references to shadows in the eyes, I'm not talking about an over-excessive amount of alcohol consumption. I'm talking about the black-eyed children. Some of you may know that the black-eyed children are somewhat of an urban legend, but uh, they have some, some origins in multiple different cultures and all that. However, there's one that uh, I believe a Brian Bethel has an account of. Yeah, actually, Brian Bethel was uh, one of the first people to document um having met black-eyed children in real life and he published a transcript uh, sorry transcription of the event on his blog back in 1998 so this is actually a somewhat newer urban legend or a creepypasta if you will i mean newer that's like 22 years by now wait no <laughs> I, yeah yeah 22 this years last century yeah. Back in the 1900s? Yeah. yeah back in the day. <laughs> but, I mean, if you think about, you know, origins of ghosts and things like that, they there's accounts of, of ghosts and aliens and stuff that they've traced back to, I mean, like biblical times. There's a lot of art that shows aliens, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, spacecrafts and things like that. <clears throat> And uh, even... Um, there's that stick song, too. The stick song? Come sail away. Oh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so... Thought that they were angels? If you um, if you really take that into account, like, this is a relatively newer legend based on, on that. Yeah. Um, so, Brian says that it was around 9.30 on January 16th of 1998... And he was leaving his apartment in Abilene, Texas, to go and pay his internet bill. He stopped in a parking lot to use the light of the sign. It was a, a movie theater. And he was using that light to fill out his check to pay his bill. <laughs> well, obviously it was <laughs> late 90s. <laughs> right? When checks were all the rage. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he said that it, while he was filling out the check, it was at that time that two boys... Uh, approached his car and knocked on the window 
And he said that he believes the boys were probably between 10 and 14 years old and that boy number one was slightly taller than his companion, wearing a pullover hooded shirt with a sort of gray checkered pattern in jeans, couldn't see his shoes, his skin was olive colored and had curly medium length brown hair and he exuded an air of quiet confidence. Mm-hmm. I, Man, if I felt <laughs> I wish I had a exuded an air of quiet (laughs) confidence in my, you know, early teen years. So boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. And he said that his primary characteristic seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, except for his pullover was a light green color. His hair was sort of pale orange. Pale orange. Yes. So he doesn't tan well. <laughs> right. I mean, the freckles kind of tell you that too. Right. <laughs> um, Brian says that immediately he felt like something was up and he felt a sense of fear. Uh, the first boy began to tell him that they needed his help. They wanted to see the new Mortal Kombat movie, but they forgot their money. Instead of asking for money... They actually asked if Bethel would drive them to their home so they could retrieve their money. Uh, Bethel was nervous and hesitant. A convincing story, nonetheless. <laughs> um, and he said that the first boy was continuing to try and coax him, saying things like, Come on, mister. We just want to go to our house. We're just two little boys. <laughs> or, Come on, mister. Let us in. We can't get into your car until you do. Just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. (laughs) That's not, I I would feel unsettled at any point. Somebody saying those things to me. Um, Just kind of back up a little bit. I mean, based off of that description that you gave on their appearance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not much, but like it, it could just describe any normal kind of kid, I suppose. Right. A common description that kind of comes up is that they're, uh, Basically, between the ages of 6 and 16, mm-hmm. pale skin, black eyes, and uh, reported seen hitchhiking and panhandling mm-hmm. in uh, residential areas and all that. So, I mean, there's even like, accounts of people saying that they may have, like, talons on their feet, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, Brian specifically said he could not see their shoes. Well, he was in a car. Yes. So, I guess that would <laughs> that would make sense. I'm not looking at someone's shoes when I'm in a driver's side car, so. You know, I've noticed a lot of people tend to have there's a lot of stories that surround creatures feet like you know devil and demons are supposed to have like hooves for feet yeah and i guess the black eyed children have talents (laughs) for feet the hooves are for kicking that's right (laughs) that's the whole reason that's how that's their primary that's their primary injections of sin is just a kick (laughs) sin kick gonna kick the sin into you yeah (laughs) or something like that uh so a lot of black-eyed children are just using their talon feet to rip your eyes out because they need eyes. Well, obviously. That's their whole thing. They really just want to steal your eyes mm-hmm. and kill you. Maybe not in that order, but, you know. They're going to kill you first and steal your eyes? Maybe. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> so Brian says that he actually found himself unlocking, like starting to unlock his car door without even realizing it, as if he'd been instructed by the child to do so and he happened to catch himself before he did unlock the door and and stopped himself and he looked back at the kids with a fresh perspective with fresh eyes so to speak (laughs) fresh eyes yeah and that's when he realized that the kids eyes were solid black no Mm -hmm. sclera no iris no pupil Ah, I know there's other things that kind of go with that too, but I can't think of any at the moment. Hmm. Like the, just the concept of like some demonic creature or whatever that has like just a solid black eye. Like, I think that a lot of um, representation of, you know, like people being possessed and things like that in shows and popular culture, um, yeah. movies and stuff are now, they have that... <clears throat> That black eye. I think Supernatural did something like that. Um, I think they actually did an episode based off of Black Eyed Children, too. They might have. So. Um, I also know X-Files. The X-Files had the black goo. Yeah. Which would get... Black like, oil. Yeah, the black oil. That's what it was. Yeah. And you would see that in people's eyes. And that was, um, you know, to show that they had been 
I guess, possessed by the <laughs> aliens. <laughs> yep. um, it was to show that they were compromised. And actually, there's a lot of um, people that speculate that the Black Eyed Children are <clears throat> potentially extraterrestrial or demonic or vampiric. You, nobody's really sure. Yeah. And so... I guess kind of linking them into all the different popular culture uh, visions of things with, with dark eyes. Yeah. It, it could go anyway. Yeah. Of course. And again, there's not a whole lot of information all over the place about this too. It seems like granted there's the Texas one. Uh, I believe there was another one maybe unrelated in Portland, Oregon. Uh, mm -hmm. There was also the one in Staffordshire, England. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's more along the lines of just a generalized ghost story. It seems uh, there was like some girls that were murdered back in the sixties. Mm -hmm. um, the guy basically was caught after murdering one, which there wasn't enough proof to have the idea that he murdered the other two beforehand. And he spent life in prison until he died in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, however, it's, it's also thought that the girl that he kidnapped was blindfolded so she couldn't see. And she, her spirit wanders the area with blacked out eyes because of that whole reason. Yeah, because she was blindfolded through her torture. Yeah. And and murder. Um, but if that was also the case, it seems like this instance is not the same. I don't think <laughs> that there would be a, a very confident ghost being like, Come on, mister, give me a ride home. <laughs> I just want some money to see Mortal Kombat. Dude, I don't know. I don't think he said it like that, but... I, I feel like if I was a ghost... I might want to see Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I don't think I would want to see the movie. Maybe the game would be a little bit better in this case. Well, <laughs> you probably can't play a game, but you could probably see a movie. Uh, not if they don't have eyes. Uh, well, we don't know that they don't have eyes. <laughs> it's just black. Oh, okay. Clearly, so that's the thing. Like, clearly they can see because they approach these people. Yeah. They pick out people and they approach them. And I know any of the images that I've seen, it's like, like they have those blackout contacts in. Yeah. Like that's how it comes off. Which again, I mean, I suppose creating an image of it, not actually having a picture of something like you're, yeah. <clears throat> sorry, you're speculating. And, but again, based on the fact that they are able to approach people and have conversations with them and, and things like that, it seems like they... Are not visually impaired. Yeah. Um, pretty much uh, all of the stories of people that meet them claim that once, like, they don't realize at first that the that the eyes are all black. Um, they get a weird vibe off the kids. Hmm. Like, they can tell something's not quite right. Yeah. I mean, however, that's not, like, proving or disproving anything. I mean, granted, like, the whole idea with Mothman, too, is it could be, like, something else. In this case, I mean, they could just be some just creepy ass kids. You never know. <laughs> I mean, kids. And there's do, a lot of those. I mean, kids do this kind of stuff all the time, where they're like, "Hey, let's let's mess with that guy over there." It's like, and obviously, the one kid was like full into it. That's why he had the confidence. And the other kid was like, he didn't really want to do He's it. Like, I'm not really sure this yeah. is a good idea, Billy. Yeah, it's like he didn't really want to do it because maybe like he didn't know how the guy would react. So. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got to have guts to go up to some random person and be like, "Yo, let us in." Like that, that takes some, some confidence. Yeah. Cause what if you do? <laughs> Cause that's the other part of that. Like maybe they were just normal kids. Maybe they didn't want to actually get in that guy's car. He could have been like some bad man. Right. Like random, random kids going up to random people's cars and being like, Hey, let us in, drive us around. Like, you know, I feel like a normal person in that situation, it's late, it's nighttime, you're approached by some teenagers that you don't know, and they're demanding to be let into your car. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I'm a rational no. person. I feel like that's not a situation I want to put myself in for numerous reasons. I, I also don't want to be the person with somebody else's kids who I don't know in my vehicle because yeah. I'm a good person. I wouldn't do anything to harm the kids, but people assume things. Because there are bad people in this world. Yep. So, yeah, but then the people that are very ready and willing to, to let strangers into their car, I don't know that I trust those people that much either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah, most people say that uh, once you realize that 
the kid's eyes are black, that's when things start to get dangerous. Ah. Mm-hmm. So once Brian Bethel realized that they had uh, solid black eyes, the second boy continued to stand there completely silent. And the first boy threatens him, saying, we won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. <laughs> Says every <laughs> person who owns a gun that uh-huh. is trying to get something. <laughs> of course. <laughs> if I have a hidden gun, I'm going to tell people, no, I don't have a gun. Yeah. Um, but according to Bethel, the boy seemed to be more implying that they didn't need a gun. Mm-hmm. They did not need a weapon to harm him. So he started pulling at the door and demanding to be let in. And Bethel mustered up all of his courage and pushed his car into reverse and sped home, leaving the boys where he found them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where that story would end, it seems. Yeah. Um. You know, I've seen lots of different uh, stories of people having encountered them. And from what I've understood is you don't let them in. You don't let them in your home. You don't let them in your vehicle. Um, you get away from them. <laughs> it's like the uh, old-fashioned vampire rules. Right. You have to invite us in. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's part of it, where they, they actually said, you have to let us in. Like, yeah. we can't. We can't get in your car and tell you, you know, invite us in. Um, Then you're screwed. Yeah. (laughs) But I believe that there was one story that I heard where a lady, two of them approached her, came up to her home, um, requested to use her phone, said that they were in trouble. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. And she let them in because she, you know, she didn't want these kids out in the cold with no, you know, no ride. They were supposed to call their parent, I believe. And the lady ended up murdered. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that may not be the work of the children. They could have just been like the Patsy, I guess, or something like that, where they could, they were the the bait to let this lady open her door and then she got assaulted by whoever was going to like murder or rob her or whatever too. That's just like those situations where there is a big male who is, wants to rob somebody or has you know aggressive violent intentions but they send a smaller uh, less intimidating looking female to approach people to get their assistance yeah and then once those people think oh well this girl she's not gonna hurt me i'm fine and they go with her and then once they get to a certain place or whatever or they you know say yes you can come in whatever the case may be that's when the male comes out and pounces and you know attacks so using children is a effective tactic i guess (laughs) because people naturally want to protect children yeah i guess (laughs) i mean if i see a kid that's in need i'm going to want to help them because it's a child yeah um Except for the zombie kids. Be careful of those. (laughs) They just want some brains. Yeah. But no, like people, at least, you know, most people, I guess, not everybody, you naturally feel the urge to to help a child. Yeah. And not maybe not so much with an adult because, you know. (laughs) They can take care of their own selves. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm over here taking care of my adult stuff. You do your adult stuff. Yeah, this is the freeloader needing help. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, we don't think of kids as freeloaders because, you know. I mean, they're not allowed to work anymore, so. Right. <laughs> so it's just, I could see some sort of entity, whether it's, you know, vampire, extraterrestrial, demonic, whichever, whatever area you'd like to throw it off into, either recruiting or um, bringing children into their their ranks or their fold um or even if they're able to like shapeshift you know taking on the appearance of a child in order to try and appeal to more potential victims yeah i mean it it makes sense yeah (laughs) i mean it yeah it's like the same thing like all around like the ouija board and let's all summon a demon and like (laughs) you ask for its name and it's not really its name and all that kind of stuff it's we, we obviously it's in movies all the time and 
uh, random posts on the internet, internet and all that saying that, oh, don't ever give it your name and summon the Zozo or whatever. <laughs> I know that Zozo. was a big thing for a while. It's just <sighs> like, you know, it's just take it, take it or leave it, whichever way it is. Um, but then again, it's like if for some reason it, it does turn out to be real, do you really want to like give any kind of personal information to anything that could cause you harm? So. I mean, we're taught not to give out our personal information on the internet or yeah. over the phone or to just, you know, people that we might even kind of know. So why would you ever give that information to something that you have no idea? Oh, yeah. Anything like, about it. Don't share your social social security number with, like, the internet, but share it with this dead guy. <laughs> right. He'll, but he'll give it, it to safe. the Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, now, if if I if I ever find myself in the position where I am a spirit and I am interacting with a Ouija board, I am asking for their social security numbers. Yeah, I'm going to need your name, date, social security, date of birth, social security number. Mother's maiden um, name. If you're susceptible to any diseases. Um, and, like, I'm going to also need to know, like, if you go under any kind of aliases online. Oh, I also need your credit card number, the yeah. expiration date, and the uh, security code on the back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh. So, um, you know, there's, no one really knows what these kids are. Um, like I said, a lot of people have different theories. But the people who claim to see them swear that they're legit. Like, well, like you do. Every everybody who sees this something would swear that it's legit. Well, I mean, if you've seen it, well, yeah, but it's legit to you. People have seen aliens. People have seen Bigfoot, and people have seen Mothman and all that too. Right. And I I'm mean, sure that they, the people ha who have seen those things, very much believe that it was real. Yeah. And it could be. It very well could be. We we've never seen it, so we can't say it's not. Yeah. Um. But I guess uh, there's an interesting theory concerning the children's origins, and it comes from the book Your Haunted Lives, The Black-Eyed Kids. And according to this legend, the kids may be something called Atkan, and I apologize if I pronounced that wrong, but it's spoken of in ancient Iroquois Indian legends. And the Iroquois Indians believed in a dark power called the Atkan that could take over children and an evil one who would mate with human females to produce black-eyed, chalky-skinned children. These children were killed by the tribe soon after birth and burned to stop them from resurrecting. Children wandering alone in the woods could also be taken over by Atkan and would reemerge with black eyes and pale skin, acting nervously while repeating themselves over and over. Mm -hmm. Their goal was to destroy the tribe and infect all of the people with Atkan. Mm, yeah, it sounds, sounds pretty much like... Uh black-eyed kids yeah i think it's interesting when you find the stories that you know you can trace back a phenomenon or a legend into deeper yeah you know like ancient iroquois indians talking about this and it could have been something that that they genuinely felt happened or it could have been uh i guess an old wives tale that they told to try and, you know, protect their young, yeah. keep them from wandering. But yeah, those old wives, they really like to scare the kids, don't they? <laughs> they do. <sighs> Eat your porridge or I'll tell you how you're going to get murdered by a pack of wolves. <laughs> I don't know. I imagine that porridge and wolves are something that go together in like whenever these old wives tales come about. I think porridge goes with bears. Ah, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bear porridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And wolves go with um, grandmas? Yes. So, I mean, it all links together. <laughs> I mean. At Till the Last Drop, we'd like to hear your stories, not have you become the story. So please, drink responsibly. Well, since we've been talking about black-eyed kids and shadow people and even some, some sleep paralysis and night terrors and all that kind of thing, we're going with something that's a little bit on the darker side of the alcohol, too. Now, granted, it's it's not the first thing that you can think of. It's not like it's some sort of like weird squid ink distilled whatever. This is just a basic blackberry brandy. 
it's not terrible (laughs) (laughs) to say the least i'm not a fan of a lot of flavored alcohols um but this one it isn't too bad so actually how about you start off with a taste of it on this time because i started last time did you and i'll get yeah and i'll give a little bit of uh i can say it has a really nice smell yeah i really it's a nice like yeah it does smell pretty nice it does have like that blackberry aroma to it i mean you can definitely like pick that up immediately but it tastes nice too but i like flavored drinks like i'm i'm good with fruit fruit drinks honestly the thing that throws me off with this and i know that it's a it's a brandy trait or whatever is that it i can feel it going <laughs> down my entire system like it's just yeah. warm it is uh, it's sweet mm-hmm. definitely I don't think that that's something that I'm the biggest fan of when I think of it, because I feel like it's as it is decent as it is. I feel like it needs to be built upon. Like this is something that you'd put in with something else specifically to Didn't give it like that flavor. Didn't you try it mixing it with something though? And you said that that tasted I a did. little better. I mixed it with some Irish cream, mm-hmm. and it made it seem more like a dessert style drink um <laughs> so dessert drink with dessert drink i guess to yeah. make your better dessert drink yeah i mean like i i could see that this could be used in like a uh, raspberry blackberry sauce of some sort if you're oh, yeah. putting it over like a grilled fruit for instance like think of peach melba only with this as like a the raspberry sauce this, or this that um with it. that cream cheese uh pound cake that i made yeah put in that with the the fresh berries yeah um something like that it would kind of make it a bit of a boozy sauce to go with it which could be quite appealing but oh yeah i think it would it would lend itself very well yeah to that sort of thing um but i couldn't just imagine myself sitting somewhere i don't know wherever you sit when you drink brandy <laughs> you um, sit in a <laughs> giant leather chair <laughs> maybe in front of a roaring fireplace oh. isn't that I thought you were going to say in front of like a big speaker system and then you pop in a Maxwell tape or something and make a reference I mean, to that. I mean, that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like I can't I can't really imagine just sitting down with like this and just drinking it straight. Like maybe, for instance, like a, a scotch or something. Um, or well, even... see, I couldn't imagine just sitting down and drinking a scotch either. So oh, well. that's where we differ. <laughs> I mean, it's... But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like... Um. All in all, I mean, it's it comes from Phillips. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I can get. <laughs> um, the company itself, I haven't seen a clear link to their website. A lot of places, I mean, it's easy to search for. This one it comes up with all the places that sell it. Yeah, I was saying so, you can find it in a lot of different places. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're trying it, obviously, like take take a shot. It's not anything. It's in a pretty moderate price range as well, so mm-hmm. you can easily find it, and it's not too hard to pick it up. But right, I know some of the stuff that we've gotten, we we special ordered, yeah, from other countries and things. Yeah. And so this one the is the absinthe was French or actually mm-hmm. no, it was a it was Swiss origin, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it came from France. Like we, yeah, the package yeah, yeah. came from France. Yeah, I think it was a French made or it was a French absinthe that was distributed from switzerland so it was complicated yeah um but yeah this one you could probably get at you know your local target or uh, i saw it at walmart Walmart? (laughs) i said well i saw it online at walmart so i think we got it at the grocery store so yeah i mean and again it's it's reasonably priced if you're looking for something yeah something dessert themed i suppose right and i mean you could you could serve it alongside um a fruity dessert uh, something yeah. I think that's a little lighter. Um, it might actually work pretty well with uh, peach schnapps. Now that I think about it, yeah, that could be interesting for sure. Yeah, because then it kind of like maybe you could do like a reminiscent of a peach melba, maybe uh, heavy cream peach schnapps. Some of this, um, I don't know, melba. I feel like you're trying to come up with more recipes. I'm gonna have to cook now. No, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, I'll I'll probably try and figure out something that I can use this in baking wise because uh, yeah. I think it would it would lend itself again very well um to different desserts I think it would it would work very well yeah with different 
um, different aspects, maybe in a pie. Because mm-hmm. to cut down on gluten, usually it's a little bit of vodka or so. I mean, you could swap out that for this, and it might give a little fruity taste to the uh, crust. Yeah, I wonder if well. that would work. Because I know when I made pie crust, I used vodka. Yeah. So I don't. I would have to see if you could yeah. substitute something like that. Yeah. But yeah, again, like it would work well with with lots of different fruits. And if brandy's your thing then you might enjoy it by itself. Yeah. Unfortunately, this isn't a very detailed description of brandy. <laughs> I mean, we kind of gave more suggestions on what to use it with, but uh, yeah, this isn't this isn't my normal go-to kind of drink, so right. it's just, just not the type. It's something, you know, trying something different and thinking of how we would make use of it personally. Yeah. And if you have any suggestions, we would be more than happy yeah. to, uh, to hear. I mean, of... Uh, of course, you can, if you do have suggestions, you can check us out at tillthelastdrop.com. We have a uh, comment section usually within underneath our posts. Uh, you can also find us on, like, say, a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll easily see your messages, comments there. Yep. And usually try to respond relatively quickly in case anybody's got any questions or any kind of feedback or anything. So. Or if you have any ideas or if you have any personal stories, um, you know, it may not. Maybe you encountered Black Eyed Child <laughs> or, you know, maybe you have an experience that you had with something that we've previously covered or something yeah. that we have yet to cover. Um, definitely drop us a, a comment or a message. You know, we would love to talk to you and hear your stories. Yeah. I mean, if you played golf with Bigfoot, by oh, all means, let me know. Please. <laughs> please. So. And with that, I guess thanks for staying until the last drop. Now hold on just one second, you thought it was the end, didn't you? Well, we may talk about the paranormal here until the last drop, but there's also another one that can talk a little bit more about fantasy. So if you're in the mood for some good fantasy storytelling, you should definitely check out the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. But why don't we go ahead and let them tell you about themselves. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck! Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three hour long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So join us on a real play DD quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast fantasy, action, mystery, friendship. Thank you for listening till the last drop. For more paranormal experiences served up with a themed drink, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts.